What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Kyle Corbus, and uh, I'm super hyped. This is the second one of the day. Now, if you watch last week's episode, I probably looked a little uh, disheveled is maybe the word. I had a five o'clock shadow going on. But since uh, 1030 this morning and now I have showered and shaved my face. So I'm looking like like to the nines, all good to go today, but I'm super excited. I got a uh, Blaine button on the show with me today and I'm super excited to hang out with him. Blaine, how are you? What's going on? What's good? What's the good word? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be here. You're two steps ahead of me already. Cause I haven't showered or saved yet today. Dude, you, know, <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to listen. I wasn't going to, I'm off today. I was going to be, I was like, I could just, I could just stay like this. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, just staying home. Like we're, we're all good. And then I was like, you know what? A good shower can can do me some good. So so I decided to go ahead. Never a bad idea, but never uh, yeah, a bad I, idea. Plus, I mean, I get like I'm not really a beard guy. I can't grow a beard, but uh, I, I can grow like some like scruff in like this goatee area, and then I get patchy here. My girlfriend hates it. So <laughs> like every once in a while, I let it go because I get lazy, and then I'm like, man, I, I should probably, probably probably cut it. But it gets like super patchy. I wish I could, and it gets red too. I don't know if you're like that, but my facial hair is red. It's gross. Yeah. Mine's Terrible. like a blondish red and uh, it, it doesn't come in thick at all. So it's like, I can not shave for two weeks before you have to actually notice it. And you're like, what's that on your face? Like, <laughs> your hair. <laughs> what's that on your face? But surprisingly, mine grows really fast. It just doesn't fill or get, or get very long. Like in two days, I'll probably have like some scruff again. So I don't oh. know. It's ridiculous. I got all this hair in my head, but I got nothing on my face. So, um, yeah, I got, and you, yeah. you got all that hair too. Yeah. You're rolling with it. Was that a, uh, was that like a, like a split decision type thing? Like I'm going to grow my hair out or did you just always have long hair? Honestly, uh, I don't know if y'all think it's funny, but I think it's a funny story. So uh, was this during, I want to say 2019 before COVID uh, I'd went back home for Thanksgiving and see my friends and everybody had kind of like, including myself had kind of shaggy hair, not long, but shaggy. Like no one had yeah. gotten a haircut in a while. And so I made a joke with my friends. I said, all right, I'm coming back for my birthday in February to Savannah, where I'm from. I said, we should all grow out mullets. <laughs> whoever has the best mullet in February when we're downtown, you know, going out drinking and hanging out, we'll get random people to judge who has the best mullet. I like it. And whoever wins, everyone else has to pay their bar tab. Oh, that's a. Yeah. So I, uh, the few months go back, go by. I'm getting ready to go to uh, Savannah. I get my hair cut. And I tell uh, the lady Whitney that cuts my hair. I'm like, I want a mullet. So she gives me a mullet, right? And I get there and all my friends have cut their hair. So I'm like the only one with a mullet, you know? Yeah. But uh, I still won. I still won. They paid for my tab. So it's, it all worked out. And then that's all that matters, I, right? What's that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You let it roll. I love it. Yeah. And so now, I'm, so that was been what? Going on three years now that I've had a mullet. And the last couple of times, every time I go back, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to get short hair again. I'm kind of over the long hair, but I just, every time I sit in the barber's chair, I just, I don't have the nerve to do it. So, you know, what's funny hair. is, is I, 2020 is I had hair like you, like probably about my shoulder length and I got a mullet as a, more or less like a joke. I went to Knoxville for a show and I, and I left all, I was in college at the time and I left all my friends at school and I knew that it'd be funny if I came back with the mullet because they like, I was the one guy who loved country music and like, it would be funny if I can't, it was like a joke, right? I was like, Oh, it'd be yeah. great. So I went over and I actually kind of liked it. Like it was kind of, it was kind of nice looking. And I, and I got it while at like 3am in like my cousin's dorm room or apartment or whatever it was, we cut it. I wouldn't say it was done. Well, I ended up having to clean it up and I come back and all my friends are like, we let you go to Tennessee for one weekend. You left for three days and you come back. <laughs> Cause I had like a nice flow going on. Like it had like, it was like the wings and whatever. And, and they were, they, I, I heard it and it was funny. It was really funny. And then, and then COVID started and I couldn't get a haircut. So unless I wanted like my mom to do it, which I wasn't going to let happen. So it ended up growing down to like here and it was super long. And, uh, I always woke up and I was like, today I'm going to get a cut. And then I never did. And I let it go. And then one day I cut it, but I cut it like, like it's, it's, you know, it's fairly long back here, but I cut it all off. And it was like the craziest thing. I was like five pounds lighter. It was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Part of me wants to do it, but 
I don't know. There's nothing like a mullet that just kind of makes you feel like a different person. You know, that's right. It's a weird thing. It's just got its own energy for sure. I believe that's right. And then one day, one day when you're, when you're old and gray and it's not as long, you're going to say, remember when, so you might as well hang on to it while you can. And that's another reason too. So that's actually why I kept it. Uh, so I went back home and during all this and I saw my dad, my dad saw it. And he's like, Oh, I used to have a mullet when I was your age. And, he started going <laughs> on and, on. and he's like, son, I want to grow a mullet out with you. And I was like, well, that's kind of a weird father and uh, son thing, but hell, <laughs> you get to do it, you know? So, but unfortunately, you know, like he's, he's still got a head full of hair, but it just grows slower. Sure. So, um, so I kept growing mine out thinking eventually he'd catch up and he'd have one and he, he had a decent one there for a little while, but then he got, he just cut it off eventually. So I love it. I love it. By then it was already a part of my identity. I felt like, so it already got, got to hang on to it. Right. Yeah. I love it. It, that that is a little bit of an odd father son bonding thing, but I, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. My dad's bald. If he if he could do it, he probably would. So who knows? Um, so why don't we uh, backtrack a little here and kind of start by, uh, or I guess not really start. We're already a good five minutes in, but why don't we just backtrack and kind of let everyone know who may not know you or or may know you already, just kind of a little bit about yourself. You know where you're from and why you are where you are. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm, my name's Blaine Bunting. I'm from Savannah, Georgia, uh, right outside of Savannah, Georgia, actually, uh, Liberty County. And I moved to Nashville about five years ago. I've been in music my whole life. I've been around it my whole life, I should say. But I moved here about five years ago to start writing and meeting people and see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, I grew up with a family that played and uh, did music. And uh, so it's always been a part of me. And I just kind of only thing I really enjoy doing, you know, all the time. So I figured I'd give it a shot. So that's what I'm here doing. I love it. So, so I got to ask you then. So if you're, if you're, if you, like, I grew up around music, but I grew up around, like, my dad always listens to music. And like, that was kind of my, th like, that was our thing. Like we always, we, he was always like, Hey Kyle, as a little kid, Hey Kyle, listen to this song, listen to that song. And I, I didn't grow up around country music. That, that was something later in life, but uh, nonetheless, it, it, it was, it was, I lived in a music heavy household. Um, but you, in terms of a household of musicians, you know, like what kind of was, was being played, who was playing what, um, what was your first introduction to an instrument? Like, you know, like all, all the backstory kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, so my dad played guitar and sang and he's a, a hell of an entertainer. He's fun to watch a great singer. And um, my papa, his dad uh, played like lead. And uh, then I had great uncles that lived in Florida. When they were, they'd come visit. You know, they played and sang too. So yeah. I mean, there's times where we really had a full band. So when I turned 12, uh, my parents got me a drum set. I learned how to play drums, and I was I drummed for my family whenever they'd get togethers or do little nice. parties here and there. I drummed for them. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's just it wasn't no no one did it like on a I wouldn't say a, a grand scale, you know, but it was something they loved and that they were great at. Uh, so that's how I got introduced. To music you know and being always being around it is my, yeah. mainly my father and my grandfather uh and my great uncle uncle jimmy and uncle johnny Not, just now. so so do you remember like uh was there a pivotal moment where maybe you were maybe it was a holiday or just a family gathering of some sort and you're sitting there and they're playing some sort of song and you said man like i would love to do this you know as a career for the rest of my life was there anything that that was kind of that pivotal moment for you um, I can't say I can pinpoint one exact moment, but I mean, there were several times I remember as a little kid watching them doing it and see how it got everyone's attention and um, and it, how it makes just seeing how it makes people feel in the audience. Yeah. Like it's like they're in awe, so to speak. So it's like all of a sudden it's it's a different world. It's just yeah. what's going on at the moment right now that and you're causing it. And I thought that was a cool thing. Yeah. If any of that makes sense, you know, you're creating something, a noise. And doing something that's getting everyone's attention and making them forget about everything else that's going on at the moment. And I always, as a, as a kid, remember seeing that and just being like, man, that's, that's a, that's a talent. That's a gift. That's something that that's not everyone does. And it'd be cool. If I would like to do that one day, you know? Sure. And so I guess just from several uh, family get togethers as a child, when like I said, my family would get together and all play. That's probably just from years of that. It just grew in me and something I realized, I always realized I enjoyed and would like to try to do one day sure. sure so so who were your favorite artists growing up like as a kid that you would like to either play along to or sing along to or you know i mean i know that like you know as 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 kids and even as someone who doesn't sing like you know i always wanted to try and be x or y or whatever it might be um but as a kid you know like you played instruments and and, and you sang and like who were you trying to to emulate and 
and you know pull inspiration from uh man it's hard to say because there's so many of them sure. uh but i would say some of the first ones i remember um like really grabbed my attention like of course I, my family they played a lot of older stuff so a lot of older country is what gravitated me and, and hooked me on the lyrics and how they sang and the, the stories they told but i always lo- loved uh, tom t hall for storytelling yeah. Yeah. Um, Gene Watson had an amazing voice. Johnny Rodriguez. Uh, but I would say Keith Whitley and Merle Haggard's probably my two favorites. Right. And Vern Dawson. Vern Dawson. I remember being. Oh, I love Vern, dude. Oh, he's the man, Vern. the voice. But yeah, I would uh, shoot. I probably wasn't five or six years old. And my grandparents would take me to uh, places with them. And of course, it'd be their friends who were older. And uh, we'd just be hanging out. And they'd, my papa would say, son, sing a Vern Dawson song. And all of his friends, you know, they didn't understand why a five-year-old knew of pretty much every Vern Gosling song off of his greatest hits album. Because I listened to it forwards and backwards for years, man. But yeah, Vern Gosling was a huge, huge part of What's your of favorite it. Vern song? Probably, uh, Is It Raining at Your House? Yeah, it's mine too. It's Hell mine yeah. Too. It's mine too. That that one gets me. Dude. That And as a kid from New Jersey, it makes no sense. But I love it. I love every all minute of it. Music makes sense everywhere. That's right. It makes sense everywhere, but it makes no sense that I like it. Just the fact that, that, so I, you know, I just got finished uh, telling someone uh, they were asking me about like, why, like, why did I, you know, like, why did I want to start doing this and, and talking to people and whatever? And I was like, well, you know, part of me was just, I like conversation. I like meeting new people. Right. And then we were, we were talking about how uh, there's a confidence level to it. Right. And I knew that even being from Northern New Jersey, you always get people that are like, mm, that's a little, it's a little weird, but I know, like, I love this stuff so much and it connects so much that it's not that weird because as long as you have confidence with it, like anything, right? Like if you're wearing something different or whatever, as long as you wear it with confidence or you, or you do it with confidence, no one's ever going to look at you and be like, that's weird because it's, it's not like you're trying to stick out. You're just, you are who you are. So like. Yeah. I drive around, I, I blast Vern, I blast, there's a, a Sammy Kershaw, oh, ah, man, it's just, the it, 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 the list goes on and on, I listen to, my most listened song this year only had 20 plays, and I had 50,000 minutes listened overall, so I listen to so much music that I just, I love it, dude, but Vern's one of those guys for me that I absolutely love. No doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the thing with country music is people, uh, I don't, I don't want to say they give it a bad stigma, but it's like people that didn't grow up around it or didn't give it time. And if you listen to it, you really find that it's pretty much, it comes from uh, gospel and blues and it, it just, just tells a story. So it's not really like, oh, you listen to country music. That's, that's uh, boring. You know, and some people, I think they think that, but if they actually sat down, especially if they were going through a hard time and listen to yeah. a sad country song, it changed their life because. Uh, happened with me, dude. It, yeah. It, man, there's nothing like, feeling something and just like driving down a dirt road and listening to a country song, man, like what we do growing up and just, it just makes you think about life and just get things out or put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I totally agree. And, and, you know, that's kind of something that I talk about all the time. It's like, I love sad songs and I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And, and someone, someone told me, they said, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people who don't grow up with country music grow into country music. Like it just yeah. takes that one experience and you're like, man, like this is what I've been missing my entire life. And that can happen like, at 10, 20, 30, 15, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's almost like coffee acquiring that taste. You know? yeah. yeah. I've been missing this my whole life. It took me 20 years to, to, to acquire a taste of coffee, but we did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, I didn't drink coffee till I was probably like 23, 24 yeah. when I started drinking coffee. I would say around like 20-ish, yeah. But I started drinking, tell me if you're like this, ready? So I started drinking like lattes. This is a super random side conversation, but I started drinking lattes. Um, and then I started drinking like iced coffee here and there uh, or like hot coffee, whatever it might be. But now I drink, whether it be iced or hot, black. So yeah, yes. when I first started, it was like sweet vanilla, French vanilla or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, gradually I got to where I don't put as much creamer or don't need as much sweetener. And I can drink black coffee. Yeah. I prefer to have some flavor to it. But well, I yeah, I put like coffee. like stevia or something in it that makes it a little sweeter, but black, yeah. no milk. Dude, and I remember like seeing people or hearing about people drink black coffee. And I was like, that's crazy. Like you're probably a serial killer, you know? Like, <laughs> wow. 
and then as you get older, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I, I take shots of worse things, you know? That's see, there you go. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? You know what? I've, I've, I've come to the conclusion that, so I also really like, I started to, um, kind of get the taste for espresso. Um, I have like one of those little Nespresso machines, I pop a pot and it puts it in this little, and it's like one or two of them has the same, uh, you know, caffeine content is like a smaller coffee. Like, let's just say 12 ounces for one pod, but it's like a quarter of a cup of coffee. So like it saves you half the time, if not more. And it does exactly the trick. So as long as you don't mind drinking something super bitter, it does the job. And I love it. It's down in like less than five minutes and we're good to go and move on with the day. Yeah, I haven't tried espresso yet. I'd like to try it though. You, you, I'm telling you, give it a shot. It's it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit because it is it's a little rough. It's a little rough at first. It's really bitter. <laughs> give it give it a chance and just you'll realize why it's good. I'm telling you, it, it it's an acquired taste, but you'll like it. I promise. Eventually, you'll like it. But that's my random side conversation. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I got to stop on that. Blaine, this tends, this tends to happen, dude. I am a uh, I am a rambler at heart and by trade and it happens all the time and I'm totally okay with it. And that's why I love it. That's why I love it. Um, so let's, let's circle in here. So uh, you said you moved to Nashville five years ago. They say Nashville is the 10 year town. Um, you know, you know, what, what age did you move to Nashville at? Uh, 23, almost 24. So actually two days ago was five years for me. Cool. Exactly. Well, happy anniversary. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm not sure if it's an anniversary or not, but it, I'm here still. So there's that. <laughs> That's all that matters, right? It's That's an anniversary. I guess I don't know some days if it's happy or not, you know, <laughs> but it's fun overall. I love it, man. But, but yeah, so I moved here when I was 24 uh, or about to be 24. And honestly, yeah, they say they call it a 10 year town, man, but you never know. Things can change in a, in a day or a week or might not ever change. It's just one of them things. Um, but I definitely do agree. There's some, um, there is something true to the tenure town thing because like the longer you hear, the more people you meet and you find out yeah. that this is really just a small town. Right. I mean, your name, your word gets around eventually, especially if you're here long enough. Yeah. So it's like, if you keep plugging away, eventually some, some perspective, you're going to get noticed somewhere, you know, like yeah. might not be record deal or a big thing, but something's going to happen to, to promote you to another level that yeah. you would have, wouldn't have got if you weren't here. Sure. I, I totally agree. And I, I, you know what? I think that I never like to put a calendar pigeonhole on something. It's like, whenever it happens, it happens. As long as you enjoy it, who cares? Right. Um, as long yeah. as you love what you're doing, who cares? Uh, and that's kind of how I look at most things, but, but I think it's important in terms of music. Cause you're right. Like the, the, the train is always, is always moving. Like there's always going to be new talent that comes in. So like, it doesn't matter who you meet because eventually you know, like you're going to keep meeting people and maybe this person is a really influential person in your life. So I think you're right. I think that it's important to look at it that way and, and, and kind of, you know, live that honky tonk dream that way. Cause that's important. But what would you tell yourself, you know, what would you tell your 24 year old self now moving to Nashville after five years? Like, what do you know now that you either wish you knew then, or you didn't realize you were going to know? Funny you're asking this because I was actually thinking this to myself the other day. If I could go back, what, what would I change? I would have probably went back before I moved here when I was younger. And uh, probably like in my 20s when I realized I wasn't, I didn't go to college. So I, I realized that I was going to do the same kind of work, which would be labor, which nothing's wrong with that. But it just wasn't where my heart was in any, any of the trades that I was dealing with. And I would have told myself then, uh, do better at saving money go ahead and have this plan to move to Nashville in the next few years and write as much as you can. Um, even if it's not good, just try to get something out just so you're, you're building that, that craft and you're, you're just getting stronger at it. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably went back before I moved here, probably when I was 20, 21 and told myself to just prepare, go ahead and prepare for Nashville. So that way when I moved here, um, I would have had money, more money saved up to where I could have went to more writers rounds. I could have went to more rights without having to, you know, rearrange work and, worry about paying bills and stuff like that because uh, that would have made it a lot easier. I think that would have been a, a better step. I'd have had a lot more songs. I got a lot of originals and stuff that I can put out, but it had been even better. It had been stronger. Sure. You know, and um, I'd have probably, I'd had more money to prepare to um, for advertising and trying to get my name out and sure. stuff like that. I, um, 
I think that's 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 probably fairly universal for a lot of people. But what I think is important is like, like yeah, like maybe maybe you wish you did it a little bit better in terms of like a couple of years prior. But that being said, like getting there and doing it, and because I'm always I'm a huge like I'm an like an optimist by by heart, right? Like I've always been that way. It bothers some people, but and I understand, I get it, but I always look at it as like, okay, so like you went. And maybe you weren't prepared in terms of like, you know, like life stuff, just life stuff in general. And maybe some things didn't work exactly the way you wanted them to work, but also to be able to sit there and say like, I could have done this better. That's important. It's a learning experience. It means like, you know, like you put out two songs in the last two years, one 2021, one 2022. You spent, you know, three years prior, at least three, four years prior, getting ready to put these songs out. It's a lot of time to make sure that they're exactly how you want them. And I think that it's important because you could have moved to Nashville, kind of spent a little money on recording and it wasn't as great as you want it to be, but at least it was something you could have put it out. And now five years down the road, you're like, Oh, this is shit. I don't want it. Like, I don't want to play it. I don't want anyone to hear it. I want to re-record it, whatever. But like, you didn't, you didn't do that. So yeah, like maybe it took a little bit longer than you wanted. I don't know what your timetable was like in terms of writing and recording, but Maybe it took a little bit longer than you wanted, but you did it right. And you did it well. Like both songs are great. So like, that's important to look at too. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm here and this, that's the bottom line and I'm happy and I'm uh, make, making the best of it. But I just yeah. think like, well, that's what I tell younger people when I tell them, talk to them, I'm like, all right, well, if you're really serious about doing this, go ahead and plan it. Like, and I saved up, but I could have saved up a lot better. Yeah. Um, and been more prepared. And that's the main thing is like um, just recording songs. You want to record stuff to put it out there. Well, that's not cheap, especially if you want to do it right. <laughs> and, uh, so I just wish I had a few more out, but I mean, it's coming. I've got a few on the way that are finished. I'm about ready to start dropping some more songs. So yeah. it is what it is, but that that's the best advice I'd give to someone younger is if you're serious about it, just go ahead and plan for it and try to line yourself up to where when you do get here, you have more free time to put into the music rather right. than, now you're just here working and trying to write and record when you can, you know? Right. And which, right. I agree. Like, you, you know, that you don't necessarily want to focus all your time there. And I, I get it. Yeah. You're totally hundred percent correct. And I think that's good advice. Cause you know, I know for a fact there are young people that listen to this that are not there yet. Um, I always tell the story about, about, um, a, uh, about, uh, one gal, her name is Avery Bilski and she just moved to Nashville about probably a year ago at this point. And when I, met her for the first time she was still in high school and she um was a senior in high school and she actually recorded the episode with me like on her study hall or something like that like she like left and did it and i and i always tell the story about how she was like yeah i'm gonna you know pick up and go and and like i'm not gonna go to college right now i'm gonna take what she's calling like a gap year and she's gonna go and and she's doing really well you know she you know she lives with a bunch of people and she she goes to writers rounds and whatever and you know, I was like, well, like, what's your plan? She goes, well, I'm going to like go and see what happens. And, and, but I've saved up and like, I've, I've thought about it a lot. And I think that that's important. And so like, you know, young people listen all the time. Right. And I think that's great advice because although it may not have been exactly what you want in terms of like how it worked out for you, at least you can be a learning experience for younger people. Right. At the very least. And yeah, man. And that's the way I try to live life. Like sometimes yeah. you got to realize it ain't always about you. It's like no. you want to do the best for yourself and make your dreams, try to make them come true. But really right. you kind of want to reach back and help people up behind you. So maybe they can have a better uh, path or a better chance of succeeding. Yeah. And I mean, if that's what I was meant to do, I'm, I'm good with that. Cool. I mean, I think that's a great way to look at it. I really do. Um, so you're a big writer. You're a big writer, Blaine. You you like to write songs and you know, you've written with some people I know very well, like Justin Dukes is one of them. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. And, and so like, you know, Justin Dukes is badass writer, man. He yeah, is badass. Hardwood. Ethan Phillips. Yeah. Ethan Phillips. I always say this. Ethan Phillips is a good friend of mine. Ethan Phillips might be the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah, no doubt, man. He's, he's who we all strive to be, you know, I'm telling you, I wake yeah. up every day and I, and I like, you know, he'll like, either I text him or he texts me or, or I'll see something on Instagram, whatever it might be. And he's just, is always in just such a good mood. And I'm like, man, oh, yeah. how, how can I be more like you? How can I be more like you? Yeah. He's got so much patience, especially to hang out and put up with me. You know, I bet. I bet. 
<laughs> I bet. Especially I when me and Justin go out drinking and hanging out. He's there. And he, you know, he don't care. He's just having a good time doing his own thing. He don't drink, but yeah, to have patience to put up with us when we are. That's a lot, man. <laughs> I bet. I bet. But those are those are good guys, right? Like you, you surround yourself with great people who are also just crazy talented as well. Um, you know, like why, why don't you explain a little bit? Like being in a circle of, of like-minded people like that, how much does that help you in terms of creativeness and and your writing and 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 you know your recording? Like how does how does that help you there in terms of surrounding yourself with the right people? How important is that? Man, that's everything. That's everything. Um when you surround yourself with the right people, like it's not just about writing. Um, it's about having a group that, you know, for anything you can count on them. They'll be there. If you, if, and, and likewise, you know, that if they need something, your ass better be there. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's good to have that. Cause it makes you hold you reliable and it, it um, you know, it makes you feel comfortable and yeah. give you hope. And so being around them and how talented they are, like I learned from them. But I'm also when I write with them, I'm comfortable because they are my friends. They're not just a write that I scheduled. They are my friends. And uh, even though we think the same, like we understand each other, we also think differently, if that makes sense, yeah. which makes the, the writing easier. Yeah. Uh, different perspectives on songs. But but yeah, man, I, I would say that's everything is surrounding yourself with a good group, you know, not a party group, not a um, fair weather friend, just good quality people that are also like-minded and want to do the same things you want to do as far as with music or your goal, you know? Sure. And, uh, and man, I couldn't ask for better friends. They, they, they're there for me through thick and thin for sure. I love that. I, I do. I think that's important, especially when you move to a new town, you don't know anyone or, you know, one person and it's always important. It's always, you know, nice to see that, that, you know, people surround themselves with other good folks and, and it works out. Um, you know, for, for you, when you're, when you're in the writing writer room with, you know, guys like that or, you know, people that, you know, really well, let's just say that. Is it easier for you to, to, you know, maybe take a risk or say something that like, if you were with someone that you've met for the first time, maybe you don't want to say something because you think it's going to sound dumb. Right. But if you're around all your friends and you sound dumb, they'll tell you one or two, you know, maybe it'll work out. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that that probably helps you in terms of your writing process. Yeah, it's definitely easier to say whatever and not worry about how it comes out in front of your friends compared to writing with someone new. Sure. You, even when you're writing with someone new, though, you got to kind of keep that mindset of like, there's not a bad idea because even if you say something, they might come up with something completely different, but that could have spun them to think that. Sure. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it, you've got to, it's hard to do, It's at least for me, but you got to like realize that sometimes what you might not feel comfortable saying, just go ahead and say it, see what happens. Yeah. Just, but the one thing I do notice differently is when I do that, I try to word it to where if it's someone that I haven't written with before, don't know, well word it to where it doesn't sound completely, you know, ridiculous. Uh, whereas my friends, I will just, just blurt it out just say it. Yeah. Uh, but the reason is because if it is a first time writer, you want to see how the right goes and you don't they're like, I'll never call that guy back because he said this, you know what I mean? Sure. So, I mean, it, there is some like, touchiness to it i guess but yeah you got to try to clear your mind regardless i feel and just be open when you're right because sure. if you want the best song that's the best way to do it but right. yeah definitely easier with friends is there um is there a song that you wish you would have written i i love asking this question because i have a list and i don't write songs and i and i love when i hear other people's uh like this is a song i wish i would have wrote and like you know even like super huge name writers have said that too and i think it's just really cool so i just want your opinion Oh man, there's so many. Yeah, I don't know even which ones to pick. But there's so many songs that I was like, "Yeah, I wish I wrote that." Give me, just give uh, me one. It doesn't even have to be your number one. Just give me one song. That, that oh, oh man, there goes my life is probably one of. Oh, them. that's one Especially, of mine too, dude. Is it? That bridge yeah. is amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, but and Justin Duke's probably probably gonna listen to this and say I took his song because that he always says that too. But there's so many, man. It's just hard to pick uh i'll think another one here in a minute and i'll yell it out randomly there you go <laughs> i i love there goes my life so i i'm a huge wendell mobley fan i have been for, for years but i saw chesney this this past summer for the first time I, I haven't ever just gotten the chance to see him before and it just so happened that you know someone offered me a ticket and i decided to go last minute and and, and watch and and i was just i'm sitting there i'm like looking at like his, his catalog and you know, I, I listen to Chesney just like the next, you know, the next guy. Right. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to play this song. Like, there's just no shot. It's it's a older song, 
you know, he's got, you know, how many other records out after this? Like, there's just no way. And you bet your ass. He started singing it. And I was with my my sister, who's who's significantly younger than I am. And I, I brought her with me. And I was like, you don't understand how good this song is. Like, you have no idea. Like, this song is just so good. And he like, he like walked out there with his guitar and he like told the band to cut off and he just played it. And everyone just sang back. And I was like, this is nuts. I, I usually don't get like super emotional, especially like I don't get emotional at concerts. But I was like, dude, this is this is some heavy stuff. This song is so yeah. good. And uh, man, it was so cool. I I usually, I've tried in the last like five years or so to stop taking videos at, at shows because um, I want to like live in the moment. Uh, but I had to, I had to take my phone out. Yeah. It was like the only chance, the only chance I had to, I just had to do it. And uh, it was a cool, cool moment. Really cool. Super cool. Um, That's yeah, awesome, I love man. that song. I love that song. There's a ton of them. I got like, oh, there's that on there for me. Um there's a few Eric Church songs on there. Um, I wish I would have written like Unanswered Prayers by Garth or uh, man, there's so many. There's so many. I don't even, it's, it is a tough question. I understand, but uh, there's just so many songs where I'm like, what's your uh, favorite Eric Church song? My favorite Eric Church song. Jeez. Or one that you wish you wrote. Uh, it's off Carolina. Carolina is my favorite record. I think, I think Carolina is easily my favorite record. Um Although I know everyone's like sinners like me. Although I think sinners like me is incredible. I just think that Caroline is the best. Um, I'll probably say that where she told me to go. Yeah. That's a good one. Either where she told me to go or um, those I've loved. That's what I was about. Those I loved is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. I think, I think those, those I've loved is, is my, like one of my big favorites. I used to not, you know, ride the church train. And then, and then all of a sudden I, like, I just found that record one day and, I think it was, I want to say it was like, love your love the most where I was like, huh, this is pretty good. And then I looked over the rest of it and I was, I was hooked for the last like five years. That's it. Yeah. So like in high school, when I first heard him, um, so I used to wake up every morning and put CMT on when I was getting ready before I went to school. Nice. I can't remember what, what song it was. One of his first ones, it wasn't guys like me. I think it was before that, but either way. It's great um, yeah, it is. But yeah, so I, I heard this song. I liked this voice. And then I started buying. Then he had, you know, another song come out off the same album. I was like, well, I'm just going to buy the album. I like these two songs. Sure. And this was like, I remember I was 15 or no, I just turned 16 because I had a truck so I could drive to town to, to the to buy CDs. And um, which is something I guess people don't do anymore. I do that. But, uh, huh? I do that. You still do it? Because I, I drive an old car. I drive a 2008. So I still have a CD player. And my truck does. I just don't think it works anymore because right? there's a CD stuck in there right now. And I don't know which one <laughs> it is. But, uh, but yeah, so I remember I went all the way to Savannah and bought a few CDs and uh, bought a, his Sinners Like Me and um, what was the other one? These Boots or maybe Carolina. Oh, but yeah, great. I bought them and I listened every song on them. I was like, man, this is amazing. And then Chief came out. Same thing. Every song. I loved every song. And then after that, I'll, honestly, this is probably unpopular, but I kind of got off the church train. Like he's a talented person and he's awesome, but I just, I don't know. I like those first few albums so much. And then there's other stuff. He started doing little different things, which I don't blame him. Sure. But uh, just those first few albums is where it was at for me. I but really, that, yeah. I really got hard into, well, I think you're hundred percent correct. Like the first three are kind of untouchable but that being said I'm, I'm looking at the whole catalog right now that being said like i think mr Mis mr misunderstood and the outsiders i think that those are just as good um not saying they're better but they're they're i think that right after those like, are great mr misunderstood came out and then i think after that i think desert man honestly got some shit and when you i had to listen to it a few times and when i did i kind of changed my mind on it and like i, I feel that way about heart and soul as well like at first I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's, it's, it's different. It's not the same as the other stuff. The other stuff was just like acoustic guitar and, and him. That's basically it. So he, th yeah. he threw in some elements and I guess, you know, like I like it. I think it's good, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good as those first four, first five. Have you ever heard uh Michael, the song, Michael? No. So uh, I don't think he ever released it, but you can pull up YouTube videos of him playing it. And that's a good song. You have to I've check never that heard out. That. That's weird. I've never heard that. Great song. My favorite unreleased church song is Old Friends, Old Whiskey, Old Songs. You know that I don't one? Think I've... No. Go on 
go on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use and then go on to 61 Days in Church, the, the third volume. It's on there. You can listen to okay. it on there. It's pretty good. I'll have to check it out. Pretty freaking good. I think that you'd be surprised how good it is. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge church guy. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's just, he focuses so much on writing. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like that, I, especially in that era, right? Like, you know, church became huge, like within the, the Aldean era and, you know, like the Bryans, like that, that was all. And church was overshadowed because you had these guys putting out like this, this bro country stuff. Right. And they weren't writing a lot of their stuff. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's all bad. I'm not saying that it's all good either. You know what I mean? So like, so like they weren't writing most of their stuff. And again, I'm not, I am not a, um, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I think that you need to write every single thing you put out because I don't think that, uh, that's my own personal opinion. Um, you know, like you can agree or disagree. I just think that if the song falls in your lap and you think it, it works for you and it's something that you could have written or maybe should have written, then I say, go for it. I said that that's why there are people who are career songwriters, but um, that being said, I think that during that time period, let's say like 05 to maybe 04 to 10 or 11 or 12 or something like that, church was overshadowed because you had these guys putting out these hard, heavy songs, but then it makes a shift, right? Where like everyone's on the air church train because they love them. Just no one wanted to say they loved them because it wasn't like the cool thing, but he was just so unbelievably good. And you just, I don't know, you just couldn't deny it. So um, yeah. I feel like that's what happened. I could be totally wrong, but because I wasn't listening to him at that time, but I think that that's totally what happened. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, I'm not good at like noticing when people are, uh, I guess, popular or not. Sure. Because if I like it, I kind of just dive into it. And I just, exactly. I've always been bad about like someone's like, yeah, yeah, they're very popular. I'm like, well, I, I didn't know. I just know I like their stuff, you know? Yeah. Or, and then vice versa. Sometimes somebody be like, oh, they're very popular. Or, you should check this person out. I'm like, I did and I didn't care for it. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know, but yeah, I can see what you're saying. It definitely makes sense. But yeah, I was just so big into Eric Church and uh, when those first few albums, man, I don't think I noticed what he was doing uh, career-wise. I just was like, man, this this is the shit here. It's, it's it, that's all that matters, right? Like it's cool, and that's that's yeah. all that matters, man. When I was in high school, I I would pull up to high school just blasting, absolutely blasting. Like uh, for a while, it was like I was just absolutely ripping out like diamond rio and all these bands that 10 years ago i did not even know even like three years prior i knew no one there's no way but i would pull up and i'd be blasting this stuff and they'd be like kyle like what are you listening to i'm like i'm listening to the cool stuff you need to go change your because this stuff's cool i don't care what anyone (laughs) says you know what i mean like i'm blasting carolina i'm blasting like spring scene i was like you know churches uh on chief and whatever and i'm blasting all this stuff and and i think it's like the coolest thing but no one agreed and but i didn't care it didn't matter right like it 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 was uh it didn't make a difference and and that still happens all the time you know what i mean i was definitely the kid on the school bus like not many people wanted to share earbuds with me because I knew that there was going to be a lot of old country music. And but I was isn't okay that better because then you don't have to share the earbud. <laughs> yeah, it was it was better. I mean, there's still some that would come listen for a little bit and then they'd get their fix and then like, all right, I'm just I'd rather go put my head out the window. You know, I was like, cool, go for it. <laughs> you know what's funny, dude, is I uh I was telling this story the other day is is um I drive like with me and my friends, like I'm I, I drive a lot of the time. Or like with me and my brother, if we if we go pick our friends up and whatever, I'll drive and and they almost always grab my aux cord before me before I can get a chance to grab it. And I'm like, guys, what is wrong with you? And my one friend made a good point. He goes, Kyle, not for nothing. Every single time I get in your car, I never hear, like, let's say he gets in my car multiple times a week. He never hears the same song twice. And I'm like, okay. And is that a problem? He goes, no, not at all. But most of the time, I don't even know the first song that comes on. So like, if you play it again, I, I, wouldn't even make a difference and i'm like i guess that's fair dude i guess that's fair i mean i can't fault him there but i just wish they would see it my way <laughs> well don't give up on them they'll come around <laughs> they'll come around right <laughs> they'll come around um all right so let's circle into these songs here i want to talk about them uh i think they're really i do think that they're fantastic and and i want to talk about them so in 2021 you put out alcohol you up um kind of this fun upbeat song uh, that I think was a great segue into what you kind of want to be, right? Um, 
how relieving did it feel when you put this out and said like, okay, here's my first song. Wait, let's like, you know, let's wait for the second one, but here's the first one. Listen to it. Yeah, man. It was, um, it was great to finally have something out. And, um, I mean, nothing major, but for me, it was a big deal to actually have something out people could go listen to. And I got good feedback from it. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, so me and Justin Dukes wrote that. It's definitely a song that I thought was a good song that it was, you know, I felt comfortable putting it out. Um, is it exactly where I'm going, trying to go writing wise? Maybe not, but it, I thought it was a good mix of who I am and kind of, like you said, a segue leading into getting people's attention to maybe they'll want to listen to some other stuff, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the song. I think it turned out great. Uh, she could, I, I'm happy with it too. And just, just trying to figure out, um, you know, how to bring people in and eventually get the, I don't know. We got, we got some, I don't want to get into too, too much into it, but we got some great songs we've written that, and some of them are just old school country, man. And it's, yeah. it's relieving to write that kind of stuff. I mean, I love writing with them guys, anything with those guys, but, um, but yeah, to write a good country song and look back and be like, man, this could have been played in the nineties, you know, sure. or, or older. It's like, yeah, that's, a, that's a cool feeling. Yeah. Um, but, and it, and not saying that's our goal. That's what, we got to write a song like this. That's not what we're trying to do. Just if it happens, that's cool. We all you're just writing what you like too, right? At the end of the yeah. day, like you... yeah, that's, and that's it. But but yeah, man, thank you for uh, saying that about alcohol. You up, man. It was it was a great to finally get a song out that I was comfortable with, and I thought it turned out uh, good and getting good feedback from it. So yeah, it was it was awesome to get something out finally. I love it. I love it. And then you know what I think is important is like is like there are so many people that that say hey I, I put out like five songs before i put out what i really think is the direction i want to go and at no point did they ever say i don't like those five songs but at the same time they said i had to put those out to figure out what i really liked and like it was also kind of a way to say like hey like you're going to play at aj's later right and like people are going to say hey what's your name and they're going to search you up and they're going to say oh like these are these are two really good songs and you know like he's actually the real deal he's not like some dude that's just like sitting up here playing covers all the time. Cause he's the real deal. He's got some real stuff out. That's really good. And I feel like that's, that's important. You want that. And then at the same, on the same token, like, like you said, and, and obviously we won't dive too much into it cause it's supposed to be, you know, like a supposed to be surprised. And you know, when it comes out, you want people to listen and whatever, but um, yeah, like you are playing what you want and you are recording what you want to record. And that's just the stuff that you like. And I promise you that, and I've said this, that, in the last like five years or so, we've gotten some of the best country music that we've gotten in like the last 10. Right. And I think that part of that is, you know, everyone always talks about the subgenres and, but in reality, like you can't have this like more pop related stuff without like this traditional stuff that everyone grew up on. You need both to have the main genre. So you need guys like you that are putting out that stuff. Cause I promise you that guys and, and people in general will, hook onto this. They love it. They love it. And that old school sound they love. And I think that it's cool that you want to find that and you want to figure out a way to bridge that gap between you and the nineties. I think that that's awesome. I do. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I'm just trying to bring steel guitar back. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Can you play the steel guitar? I don't know. <laughs> hey, you never, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, man, that's such a complex, complex instrument. Watching people play it. I'm like, I start drooling and stuff. I don't know what's going on. I forget how to count on my fingers. It's, it's bad, dude. No, I think it's, those are, it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. Yeah, they use their, their feet, their knees, of course, yeah. their hands. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I was watching, um, there's this guy that I that I follow on social media. He's actually uh, Cody Johnson's steel player, I think. I think his name's Harrison, I want to say. And um, I watched him like try and teach someone how to, play the guitar the steel guitar and he gave them the i don't even know what they call it the slider we'll use that word there's probably a better word for it i don't know and she sat there and put it down on the strings and he goes like pluck this do this move your knee in step on this and i'm like <laughs> oh my god and he goes like okay, game of yeah and he's like let's do it a little bit easier and and he goes you know strum this string strum that string slide down hit this pedal instead and then move both knees in i'm like that what is that that's just one chord like what the what the hell i don't get it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it is the coolest thing but it makes no sense no sense i can't yeah, even play the guitar lot. i can't What's even that? play the guitar i can't even play the regular no. guitar let alone that 
I can barely play it. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you, um, do you, uh, so, so my thing about playing the guitar here is that I always wanted to learn because I wanted to, um, just be able to strum along some of my favorite songs, you know, like play the same four chords, just move the cape up and down the neck. Um, are you, do you ever try and like experiment to be like really great at guitar and like try and do like cool things or, or are you just more of the, I'm going to play the guitar to accompany myself and that's about it. Um, I mean, I, I definitely want to be a good rhythm player. I want to be a contributor to a band and not a, a weak link sure. as far as that. Goes. Uh, so, I mean, I, I practice that, but as far as like playing lead and learning uh, stuff that I probably should have spent more time trying to figure out to be a more well-rounded guitar player. No, nah, not, I never dove into it like I should have, man. There's times where I, you know, would learn a little bit or pick up uh, certain things here and there, but I never really dove into it. I think I was just too much um, focused on trying to sing and learn my voice and find tone. Uh, that that was what I spent a lot of my hours doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like everybody's, if you look at everybody that is decent or good at something or does something to, at a different level, people don't realize how many hours they have put right. into that you know right. and it's hard to be like a brad paisley who's or a keith urban who's just great at everything you know? yeah uh, that's like that's just a freak you know but for a lot of us man we work our asses off spend a lot of time i mean a lot of our life uh just learning one thing yeah. you know much less to learn a couple so it's impressive and, uh, I don't know if it's impressive. Maybe I'm just a slow learner, but I, no, I think know. it's impressive because I can't play. I'm, I'm telling you, I tried so much. I had this conversation this morning. I've tried so much for so many years. I can't do it. So I think it's impressive. Man, I remember when I was a kid, I, like I said, I always wanted to learn how to play. So my dad tried to teach me and he sat down with me, showed me some chords, said, all right, now practice these. And because it didn't come to me, mm -hmm. like it, I was like, this is actually work. <laughs> I didn't really like focus on it. And I yeah. was probably eight, seven or eight years old when he first tried to show me. So I was still young, didn't have patience. And, um, and he finally told me, he said, son, when you're ready to actually sit down and learn and you want to put the work in and you don't want to waste my time or your time, come back to me and I'll show you. Yeah. And I remember as a kid thinking, well, that's devastating, you know? And then as you get older, it's like, well, no, that makes sense. So, and honestly, I didn't really pick it up and start learning until I was, probably 14 is when I picked it up again and actually started trying to learn. And I learned a lot off the internet, man, just pulling up songs and learning chords and shapes, the different variations of chords and watching people play videos online and trying to match and, and mimic what they were doing. Yeah. And that's a lot of how I learned that. And then of course my dad and my uncles, they helped show me. Um, by then my grandfather was, had already passed away, but, uh, but yeah, everyone that was around me sh showed me stuff. And then I was wanting to learn because it was easier because I had a better idea of, not only that it does take time for this skill to come, but also that I had a better idea of how it worked. So it was easier to learn from someone when you, okay, that makes sense right. rather than all oh, this is a different foreign language, you know? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's really cool. And, um, you know, I try to learn as well. Now I just live vicariously through Timothy Baker on his covers on YouTube. Oh, I Dude, I don't, he's amazing. I'm telling you when I was 15, I started watching his videos and I'd be like, man, I want to play like this guy. I'm telling you. Now he's a good friend of mine, but I was like, man, I want to play like this dude. And uh, yeah. I told him that once. It was, it was, I was a little ashamed about it because he's, you know, he's not much older than I am. But I was like, dude, I've been watching your videos for like, fucking like, you know, like five, six years at this point. It's been forever, and uh, probably more than that, probably like eight. And uh, that's so that's what I do. When I when I ever get down that I can't play, I just go watch one of his, and I'm like, man, he's he's good enough. I'll just live vicariously through him. I just listen to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's funny you say that because. So I've met him and I know him now, but after meeting and know him, knowing him, I didn't think nothing of it. And then one day I was going through YouTube and I've seen some of his videos. So I started watching some, and then he's got some. And I was like, I actually learned how to play a song from watching him before yeah. I knew who he was. When he was like, like playing on his porch swing. Yeah. 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 So I like, I would pull him up and I remember before I even knew him, I think this was before I even moved to town. I, if I seen a video of him playing a song, I recognized his face. I was like, all right, he does, he does good jobs and everything. So I'll watch him do it. I know he's going to play it right. So I yeah. can learn it. And then I didn't think about that until after I'd met him and, and just was scrolling not long ago, actually on Facebook, uh, YouTube and seen some of the videos. It's like, man, I've been watching him for a long time and didn't yeah. even put it together. It's pretty funny. But, yeah. And if you ever get, you ever seen him and Ethan play together? I have, I have. That's now that's amazing. 
Yeah, it's, both it's, of them are it's like dueling favorites. banjos with guitars, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't ask for two better people either. I know. I I always said, and this is this is something I say to a lot of people. But all I ever want to do in life is I want to be in a room with talented people like yourself, and I just want you all to play. I just want to sit there. I don't even want to say a word, which is hard for me because I ha- always have to say words. But I just want to sit there and just take it all in and like watch you guys play and like do your thing that you're good at. And um, I don't know. I just feel like that'd be a really cool moment. And um, you know, those are some of those guys that I want to sit in a room with and just let them go. And it doesn't matter if they, you know, are like trying to figure some stuff out or if they're just playing some covers, but I just want to like take in all the, uh, all the talent. I think that's so important. Well, I think it'd be really You should cool. uh, plan a business trip down here and do a podcast and we'll all come on it and play. <laughs> yeah. We'll do, we'll do a nice little business trip and we'll, yeah. The business trip will involve us, six chairs, a 30 rack, and we'll just see what happens. Oh, <laughs> and we'll yeah. we'll business expect, inspect, inspect, inspect it all, all the whole thing. We'll do the whole thing. We'll just swipe the credit card. I love it. I love it. We're going to have to do it, dude. We're going to have to do it. We'll bring the alcohol. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do it that way. I love it. Blaine, dude, thanks for coming to hang out with me. Thanks for talking about your music a little bit and, uh, you know, why you are where you are. And, uh, you know, keep doing all the good things, man. You're really good. You're really, really good. And I'm just excited to see what the next few years, uh, you know, have, have in store for you and, and, and all this music that you, uh, that you uh, have teased and have on the way. So I'm just super excited to hear it all and, and to see kind of where your career goes and, and how it takes off for you. So thank you for coming out with me. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast and hope to talk with you again soon. I'm going to send you some, uh, files if you want some stuff i got coming out soon and absolutely so you, can get a, you can get a uh get to hear them before everyone else does and again thanks for- of course everybody you can go follow blaine uh on instagram uh, at blaine bunting all one word um you got you got show list there and and teasers for new songs and all the good things go follow along and you know when that music does come uh you could be the first to know um and and do all the good things go share his songs his music's out wherever you can stream music and yeah just you know share it with your friends share it with your family do all the good things we say do week in and week out uh thanks for tuning in to another episode of the remember country music podcast remember to rate subscribe give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on instagram at rcm underscore podcast new episodes come out every friday 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m central wherever you listen to pods apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio. it's all there um um, like I said, this is another episode of the RCM podcast. I'm Kyle Corbus. That's Plain Bunting. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>